I'm Joanne Wilson, and this is Positively Gotham Gal, meaningful conversations with women entrepreneurs about their approach to life, business, and everything in between. If you've never heard of Archie Gottesman, but have lived in or visited New York City, you are absolutely familiar with her work. For 20 years, she was the voice behind Manhattan Mini Storage's iconic, hilarious billboard and subway ads. Now she's applying her prolific branding acumen to something desperately in need of a marketing reboot, Judaism. Her website, Jew Belong, aims to reconnect disengaged Jews with fresh and fun ideas for living your best Jewish life. First of all, you and I know so many different people. Yeah. That it was just shocking to me that we had never met before. Yes. But- any New Yorker who has lived in the city right now through the last 35 years, yes. 30 years, has seen all of your ads across billboards around Manhattan storage. And they're so freaking clever. And nobody knew, at least I never knew, who was the genius person behind them. And it ends up, it was you. Well, thank you very much. Yeah. I mean, really, I mean, those ads are... If you think about what we're doing today in regards of branding mm-hmm. and being clever and snarky and setting ourselves differently in every brand that's created, yes, I mean, you did something so unique that was so way ahead of the curve. Someone once said um, after so, – because we were doing those before social media was a thing. Right. And someone's like, oh, you invented Twitter before there was Twitter because we were – taking about, in truth, a good billboard rarely has more than 10 words on it because you have to be able to read it while you're driving by and not, you know, get into a car accident. (laughs) Exactly. So we were really always trying to get some very, very sharp comment into, let's say, 10 words or less. Um, So that's what we were doing. And, you know... And that, so it was really it was fun. Didn't know that that was going to be a thing, it, but it must have been fun doing it. So how did so t- just talk so about fun. like how you know your family has these Manhattan storage facilities, yes, and you know you became obviously the person that ran the branding and the marketing, yes. Um, which you know today people would say no branding and marketing, no business. Yes, exactly. Which they probably didn't think about that 35 years ago. But, you know, what made you create – like the the whole thought process behind this. You were like, we should do this. Well, yeah. Okay. (laughs) So here's what happened. Basically, there's just so many ways that you can say that storage is safe and convenient and, you know, we bill you and there's off-street parking and it's a commodity. And Manhattan Mini Storage – is is better than other storages, but the truth is, they're all they're all spaces where you put your stuff. Exactly. <laughs> so like, you know, what are you gonna do? So it honestly got a little bit boring, and I was like, oh my god, if I'm boring myself, telling you that we have you know 19 different sizes, I must be boring my customers because how many ways can I do this? So I started just saying really benign things like you know we're cheaper than therapy, kind of. That was one of the first funny testing the water And did thing. you start hearing from people over this? Yeah. Once in a while, some friend or someone would say, oh, I saw that. It was really funny. So we just, <laughs> I was like, okay. So, and it, and it was fun. And then we really pushed, 
we, we just started pushing the envelope about what would I say we, it was me and my partner in crime, Stacy Stewart, who we just, um, we did it together. And we realized that we just, we would know when we were on like the edge of the razor that this was going to be funny and not not pushing it too far and and there's a balance oh such a balance like it, we didn't i don't want to go slapstick i didn't want to like so so many off so many times we would hear like oh talk about like putting your junk away you know like like yeah, you don't want to be that that's kind of cr- like that i never that, thought that yeah. was that funny no and so there was just this line of like being it's hard to be funny, funny. And, and witty, yeah, yeah, and smart. I mean, and yeah. sometimes people didn't get it, and you really—I had to learn that, like, not everyone is going to get it, and for sure, not everyone is going to like it. Well, it's very sophisticated, dry humor. Yeah, sophisticated, dry humor—humor mm-hmm. humor that um, you just kind of like go with, it. like things like. Well, this was an easy one to love, but you know, Manhattan or New Yorkers um, accepting of your ideas, judgmental of your shoes, mm-hmm. like that's so. That's something like all New Yorkers are like, oh, yeah, I get it. Like, we live here and we, you know, we judge what kind of shoes you have. But, like, we want to, like, be – and that was, like, very good. And we would make jokes about um, – oh, there's one that said, you know, chopping onions on your air conditioner is not an option. Because New Yorkers are the only ones who are so ridiculous as to live in such a small apartment. Um, <laughs> but when we would have ads that would say, oh, yeah, you'll fit right in in Connecticut, like – you would never, you know, they would never move to Connecticut. Right. They'll stay here and they'll keep paying absorbent <laughs> rent. Right. But God forbid they go anywhere else. And so there was, it was sort of fun to talk to New Yorkers about like, we, of course you're crazy to live here. But that's cool because- We all do. Yeah. Oh, there was one that I love that um, it said, we hear that New York has four other boroughs. Cool. Was that it? Something like that. Like really making fun. It's like, so even just the essence of Manhattan, because we were Manhattan mini storage. Yes. So even the the essence of just Manhattan. Branding Manhattan mini storage. I mean, Manhattan. I know that I would I would drive and I would see them and I would always be waiting for like, what's the next one going to be? And they right. were, reminded me a little bit, and I'm sure that they took a, um, a cue from you, mm-hmm. which is um, Kenneth Cole's advertising. Actually, we took our cue from Kenneth Cole when I was before I realized when I was just getting started, and I was really okay. This is funny. We can do funny stuff. And I was hiring Stacy, and this was almost twenty twenty two years ago. Um, I said to her in the interview, I said, "Have you ever seen Kenneth Cole advertising?" And she's <laughs> like, "Yeah." And I said, "I want to. I love that." And she's like, "I love it too." I was like, "Okay, great," because. He's talking about shoes. We can talk about storage. Both of them can either really be interesting or they can be kind of dull the way you advertise it. So, uh, and then I got to meet Kenneth years later and I still like, oh my God, you were the inspiration. And now branding, there's fabulous advertising out there. I mean, you know, Geico is one of my favorites because they're taking something, again, as boring as insurance. Yes. And making it really funny. So I think the trajectory of where people what people will say and that sort of humor has gone on and we were I mean you're really ahead of the curve we were right you were and so when you look at all these new products that are being branded today mm-hmm. you know are there what are there any that you think oh my god that is so awful and which ones are they and what are the ones you think like that is super clever um you know I have that sense of humor that I so I've seen um 
Casper does mattresses, yep. I believe. They've got some really good stuff. Um, the boring ones? They're so boring you can't remember. Yeah, like they're just like it's the people. It's just so you can really – we're the ones that are trying to be funny, but they're not funny. They're pushing too hard. You know, it's also interesting. Like it's not necessarily just in the advertising. It's voice everywhere. It's like how they're – so like I'm, I buy a lot of shoes. So I'm on Zappos. And like Zappos is really consistent in how they use their voice. Even if they send you the wrong, you know, email or the way they're going to bill you or whatever, or it's all All the consistent. way through. Yeah. Yes. That I think is really – Important. Yeah. It, you just, you're like, of course this is, you know, from from Zappos. It's all using, about the brand. It's the brand. And down to like the font. And that's where people get really sloppy in branding is they, they're like, okay, well, as long as the, you know, the line is good, the, the, the advertising line. But it's it's much more than that. It's how you feel. And it's the experience. It's the whole experience. So was there a different experience in regards to dealing with Manhattan stores that had <laughs> any connection to those clever ads? So I'll tell you, like, this was sort of the, you know, the, the, the bane of my existence is. So the storage offices where you go in and are, they're, they're good. I don't think that they would, they didn't quite meet the brand that you would sort of see on the West Side Highway. They weren't quite. So we started making them um, look better so that you'd say, oh, yeah, this is exactly what I expected when I going into the storage place that I have seen advertised for years and years because um, you want to have the connection to the brand. And sometimes it was hard. There were a bunch of different storage facilities and someone might make a decision Maybe a manager, not meaning to do something wrong, would make a decision to like get a different kind of table or put a bunch of this make me crazy. They put all these American Express um, flyers on the counter, and on the counter we only had Manhattan Mini Storage stuff that we had carefully marketed, marketed, so beautiful. I, I remember once like flipping out and saying like I took you know took them away and I just, like throw them away. And I was like, this is like you cannot put you know the Chinese food delivery guy's <laughs> menu on my counter. And I said, do you think that, like, think of this store as, like, Ralph Lauren. Like, do you think Ralph Lauren, Lauren decides that he wants the green cashmere sweaters here and the blue ones here and the belts are there? Like, like he doesn't let someone come in and put the Chinese food menus on the counter in the middle of his store. That's the way I want you to think of this storage facility. And... I don't know. I was medium successful in getting them to pass that, but that's the way it should have been. That's the way it should be. I completely agree. I totally agree. Wrapping up the counter, but like for some reason, because it was a storage facility, they're like, oh yeah, we can put, you know, menus. (laughs) Yeah. No, but you're absolutely right. I mean, you look at all these companies today, the importance of brand going all the way down the chain of command. Everything. Everything from the the way it looks the conversations they're being had, um, the experience that you're getting. If it's a, a product, that when you get that experience, you should have that same experience. Like it should be consistent constantly. Touch points. We have a, um, a an office building in Manhattan and um, on the electric card key that you use to let yourself in through the – to get into the elevators, that was just going to be the logo. And I was like, oh, let's make it something – that's a touch point. I keep it in my wallet. So it said, um, it said, you know, what are you going to do fabulous today? That was a different branding than Manhattan Mini Storage. But that's great. Building. But yeah, because exactly, you're keeping it with you. Let's. That's another place. If you, 
the best branding is when every little bit, and you just, honestly, it doesn't cost any more money. That's why I'm always sort of surprised when people don't brand well because, well, it's, it costs smart brains. It costs smart brains, but it doesn't cost <laughs> any more to put like a cool um, line on a paper bag or, you know, if you're going to get tissue paper to wrap up whatever someone's buying, Absolutely. you want to get some cool looking tissue yeah. paper, not just crappy stuff. I mean, you think about Net-A-Porter. Mm-hmm. <gasps> Are they great? I mean, it's great. It's just like they had, you know, this incredible experience when you got that package. It continued the experience from online to shopping these incredible brands. And then it would show up at your door with this beautiful ribbon. And it was this experience. Exactly. And that is that we're bringing that exactly. And that, and it could be done everywhere. It's just, it's interesting. And it's, it is the brains. It's not necessarily the cost. It's almost like the crossing the T's and the dotting the I's. Mm -hmm. And looking at every, so the the genius branding is when it's like every place they're following their, uh, yeah, following your their brand and being. And I think today more people than ever realize the importance of branding. Yes, and yeah. I'm not even sure it was like that a decade ago. I agree, it wasn't. They're doing it more. They're and people are taking more risks. I mean, in Manhattan. Again, with, with Manhattan Mini Storage, we started doing political advertising. And one of my favorites is um, Michelle Bachman told her God told her to run for president. Why doesn't God ever talk to smart people anymore? Which is like, I think that's like really funny, right? I think it's hilarious. Okay, right. So you and me and most Manhattanites because we weren't taking such a gigantic risk by doing that because – You're not located in Iowa. Exactly. <laughs> Um, but I think that, and once in a while, you know, some people would email and say, oh, I'm so mad that, you know, you would do that. I'll never use Manhattan mini storage. And, you know, you would, if you trace it back or you, or you write to them, because we usually answered most of our, um, comments, they'd be like, live in Ohio anyway. I'm like, okay, right. guess what? The chances of you coming to Manhattan <laughs> to rent a storage weren't so big. But, you know, we're, we're so bombarded by information all the time that if you don't stand out, you really don't stand out. Like you're right. just going to be ignored. So let's think about that in regards to people. So we both have kids relatively the same age. Mm -hmm. And um, I don't think that people thought about branding themselves as individuals mm -hmm. in the past. Yep. And so, you know, I've been asked many times, like, how do you brand yourself? How do you stand out separately? And that seems to be something that is much more prevalent today than has ever been before in the mm -hmm. past. Right. You know, it's interesting. My I have three daughters and they've applied for their they've they're not out of college in terms of applying for jobs yet, but they've applied for summer jobs and internships. Actually one of them did. And I was looking at the resumes and I was like, oh my if you Google like interesting cool re resumes, there are people or you go on Pinterest and you take a look, there's people doing fabulous resumes, but most of them are still like our resumes right, back school. in 1985. Right. Here's where I, I went like, to school. Job. Here's how my jobs are. Oh, my are. God. And I love when they put, Center. you know, what are your, um, uh, you know, things that you like to do, you know? Yeah. And it's just like you can't have more than three. That was always like a big thing. You can't have more than three. Anyone that puts down 10, it's like when are they working? Right. It's, it's like ridiculous. <laughs> your yeah. interests. Yeah. So I think all that has – I've seen, so I've seen some – so I was saying to my girls, I was like, oh, put your picture on the resume. Put, you know, just like let's like 
jazz, jazz it, it up. up. Right. And, yeah, exactly. And I, I was semi-successful, not nearly as much as I would if I was putting my resume together right now. But I think it's really important because otherwise you are just – you're you know, just like one of a wave. Right. And the stack of – you've looked at resumes before. Like, we've all seen them. They're all, you know, center – like, even the fonts are boring that people use in resumes. So I think it's – it is important how people um, brand themselves to right. just get out of the fray. Well, then also the whole concept is that all these kids have Instagram, mm -hmm. Snapchat, Facebook, although we'll see how that goes, um, yeah. and, <laughs> and 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 it literally is an extension of their brand. Yeah. So um, so years doing fantastic, witty billboards, mm -hmm. and now you're going into a brand new business. Yeah, yeah Jubilong, Jubilong.com. Everything needs a brand. As we just said, people people are branded, and Judaism is poorly branded. It's poorly branded, exactly. And it someone should... said that to me this morning. Someone already said that to you this no, morning. Someone said to me this morning. Yeah, I said you know um, that uh, you know Judaism is a great thing, mm -hmm. but it's poor. You know, basically it's, that it's poorly branded. It's very poorly. A rabbi, did, a rabbi actually once said he's like, you know, Judaism is a great product, but the marketing sucks, and it really that's does. It. That's yeah. exactly yeah. That's, that's it. totally it. I go on. So many Jewish websites, whether it's just organizations or synagogues, and it, they're awful. And they are. They are awful. And they're, they, with awful recipes. Yeah. And for some <laughs> <laughs> and it's interesting. For some reason, Judaism, m most of the websites tend to think that just because you want, let's just say you Google Shabbat and you're like, say you just want to know a tiny bit about Shabbat. But like, you are going to get pages and pages. And like, there's this, there's this sort of, there's this Jewish like knee jerk reaction to say, I just like, I want to give you a ton of information, and you, the user, might be, God darn, I just wanted to like know the definition of Shabbat or what is it? And there's just so much information, you get bored, and you're like, okay, forget it. I, I don't want to know so much. Yeah, it's, it's it's an over like you want to sip from a water fountain, and like we shoot you with a fire hose, and um, there's a way over abundance of Jewish. Just text, like, in a lot of the branding. So what made you start decide, like, did you wake up one, one morning and said, I hate these Jewish websites and I'm going to take this on and, you know, rebrand Judaism? <laughs> mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So when I – so I'd been doing Jew Belong content for so many years. And I, I started because – well, because my husband. So the guy I married uh, 25 years ago um, – Who's we just had our, our wedding anniversary? He Gary didn't grow up Jewish, and I it's a it's a it's not that long of a story. Basically, I said I to me it was really important that we had a Jewish home. I had the exact same conversation with my husband. So okay, so then he becomes Jewish, and then all of a sudden, I felt this responsibility to be like I wanted him to like Judaism as much as I did, right? So we would go to a synagogue and it would be so – and I would all of a sudden feel this like – I was like, oh, this isn't really a good – like, this is really This boring. is a bad Sorry. one. Sorry. <laughs> Next week we'll go to a better one. And like wanting – because when you grow up Jewish, you don't really think about whether you like it or not. You just are. You, you have no choice. You it, go. Yeah, you go. And you like whether you and, – and it sticks with some of if it's us. It sticks. And with many, it doesn't stick. And so I'm – wanted to make this really – 
beautiful Jewish home for Gary and for me. So I started collecting Jewish readings and resources, and that's what I would use for basically it was Shabbat and the holidays. I mean, there's not that much um, there's not much else in the Jewish stuff. Like right. if you do Shabbat once a week, that's that's kind of a lot. That and is a um, lot. That is a lot, right? So, but we have a beautiful Shabbat. I would invite people over for Shabbat, which I love to do. And then people's like, oh, can I have that? Can I have those readings that we did? Because we would do more than just the the candles and yeah. the like, do you want to know the prayer that I did for our kids? Sure. Okay. So this is what we did for our kids every single week. And I'll tell you. It um it goes here with oh. So we have there's three daughters. And usually you hold you either hug them or you know, put your hand on their head or whatever. Um, and so you say, here with you beside me, I feel so greatly blessed. This moment means much more than I can say. A time to be together, a time for us to rest. Shabbat is here. The time has come to celebrate the day. So I hold you close, my hands upon your head. As I watch you grow, I smile through my tears. Sometimes I wish you'd stay forever small, but then I see you blossom and I befriend the passing years. I love you now. I'll love you then. I'd love to see it all. So I lift my voice to offer you this prayer. For every step along the road, I will be there. And that's the prayer. And we that's would a great prayer. say that to the girls. And it was interesting. There was one, and you know, kids, not just kids, but you never know when what you're doing is touching someone else because they don't say, oh, thank you for, you know, thanks right. that mom or anything. It's just people go on living their lives. But there was this one kind of crappy Shabbat dinner where it was just the five of us and the girls had had a fight and Sophie, my middle daughter, ran upstairs before Shabbat. And we went ahead without her. But it ruined dinner because someone's upstairs mad. Upset. Right. Yeah, because, like, who wants that? And I had made, like, dinner. And I go upstairs to get her halfway through dinner. But we had gone ahead and done um, the prayers, which take all of four Three minutes. Seconds. I mean, it's yeah. really not a long. And she's sitting at the top of the stairs. I'm like, Soph, come down. Like, you can have the chair. It was something, like, really stupid the right. fight had been right. about. <laughs> and she's up at the top of the stairs. She was little. And um, she's, like, maybe four years old. She's crying. She's like still like sniffling. And she's like, and, and she's she's like, but I didn't get my blessing. And I was like, oh my God. So I felt so as so I was like, oh, here, let me give you my blessing. But all of a sudden I was like, wow, like you're listening. Like it does mean something to peep to children to have to be blessed. Yes. Like, yes. And to be part of something. You yeah. know, something that there's some meaningful depthness too. Right. Yes. So that one blessing is more important in my opinion than wine and candles and challah because it's about love. And so it doesn't have to be complicated to be Jewish. And I think, again, going with the simplicity of it and, and just fine. So if all you ever did was make a blessing to bless your kids growing up, trust me, like that that will matter more than anything. More than anything, right? Versus the chair. Oh, versus the chair. <laughs> we, used to, we used to fight about the spoon. There was this one shiny spoon that everybody wanted. Everybody wanted the shiny spoon. Oh. and it was the craziest <laughs> thing, right? And then one night, my father, like in a typical, like in a huff, takes the spoon and like crumbles it in his hand. Good move. We all were like, the look on our faces were like, like, oh my god, the spoon. Is over. <laughs> I have a friend who once I told him about the children's blessing, and he said his daughter called him from college, and it was on Friday afternoon. They like to talk on Friday afternoons, and he thought she called to talk, and he's like, "Oh, hi, how's school?" She's like, 
dad, my friends are waiting. Give me my blessing, please. And like, that's all she wanted. It was really kind of cute. She really got drinking with her pals, but like. She needed the blessing. She needed the blessing. Like, yeah. I'm not- so talk about you belong. So what do you have on there? I mean, I love it actually because before Passover, every year we say, oh, we're going to do, we're going to be better this year. We're going to be better this year. We're going to have a, we're going to, we're going to be, you know, much better about the, the service. And, um, and so my oldest daughter, I uh-huh. sent her. She's said, along. Uh-huh. And I said, what do you think about this? She's like, this is amazing. Oh, yay. <laughs> you know, and she's like, this is hilarious, this site. I love it. Oh, And so talk you. about like your whole concept behind it. I mean, I get the emails. I think it's really smart. Okay. So the concept behind it is that Jubilong is the name, meaning that we really, and this is just like at the core, I want to speak to everybody, no matter where they are in their Jewish travels and that is just and that means whether it's some you know someone who's dating someone who's Jewish who's saying oh man this is like important you know this is important to him I might want to take a look at this mm-hmm. to someone who's been Jewish since they were born but just never really got anything out of it mm-hmm. and we made up a word called jubarisment which is when you think that you should know something Jewish but you don't mm-hmm. I mean everyone gets what jubarisment is and we've oh, all, I totally get it. And we felt embarrassed. Yes. We've all felt it, but we just never knew that there was a word for it. And it's just like, it's just kind of cracks open people when they hear the word. They're like, oh my God. Like, I totally get it. I, I mean, my yeah. kids were bar and bar mitzvah. Yeah. I was not. Um, and they're like, you know nothing. <laughs> and it's like so true. But it's so, and people think that better, often people think that more knowledge makes them better Jews. And that is so not true it is just there there's nothing there's no such thing as a bad jew or a good jew there might be a more observant jew but that does not make them a bad jew at all or a better jew oh it's awful it's i have a i have a sister who by the way loves jew belonging she's one of our biggest fans she's always sending me stuff but she happens to be modern orthodox and when my one of my daughters years ago she's like oh they're better jews than we are and i'm like Oh my, she was like five years old. And she's like, oh, Abby's family are better Jews. And I'm like, no, they're not better Jews. They're more observant Jews. So you get it really young. Like who's, there's this weird Jewish sort of pecking order. Yes. So we really have to like absolutely like kill that because it is, people like to be smart. Like that's just people. Like, so if, if I told, if I say to you, well, I'm going to bring you somewhere where you're automatically going to feel intimidated and a little stupid, you'd be like, no, I don't want to go with you. <laughs> like, why would you want to do that? Like, we're, you know, we want to feel like we got our, you know, we, we got, got our shit together. together. Exactly. Yeah. So um, it's incredibly important to talk about embarrassment. And I think, honestly, for anyone who's doing anything Jewish to say, hey, I'm going to explain whether it's a Passover Seder or if it's a rabbi explaining uh, yeah, a service is like, like really explain it and um, just talk about it. And just like, no one's born knowing this stuff. So I, I, um, I do belong to a synagogue. I know plenty of Jews don't, but I do. And I was telling my rabbi about Jubilong and she went to rabbinical school in her forties and she started laughing. She's like, Oh, Archie, I was embarrassed. I was Jubarrest for five years straight at rabbinical school. And like I loved her showing that vulnerability and openness because it just made me love her. Like, because rabbis can be really intimidating. But what Jubilong is, is it's it's resources, mm-hmm. just like the Passover Agada. Yeah. Just like um we've got we call it the Shabbat playbook, 
we're only doing the big four holidays um, now. Because, yeah, maybe now. But in truth, like I don't really – if people really want to know about a, a holiday like – Oh, I don't know, Sukkot or Shemini Atzeret or all these slightly obscure holidays. There are tons of them. Exactly. And you know what? They'll go to all the other websites, which are dying to tell you about. I mean, we used to have, when I was in the Garment Center, there was this guy that worked for a Shlomi mm-hmm. who was um, in our um, packing facility and shipping facility. And there was points of the year where he was off all the time. He's like, well, it's this holiday. And oh, I was, was like, <laughs> I was like, I've never heard of this holiday. You know, I mean, there are so many holidays. There's so many holidays. Right. And the very, very good chances are people who are using Jubilong are not going to be they can, you know, go with God, do whatever they right, want. Right. But, but they're more than likely they're not ob- right, they're probably not observing all the holidays. Yeah, my mom's one's like, there's a holiday, um, Simplest Torah. And it's after Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur. And it's a good holiday, by it the way. It is a good holiday. Like, I like it. But it's, yeah, it's definitely one of the better holidays that are in the secondary holiday exactly. mode. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> my mom's like, you know, you get to put um, one simple story going to Jubal. I'm like, you know, not, not no time soon because if people are doing simple story, the chances are, like, they're steeped in it. Not that Jubalong is only for people who are new to it, but it's – I, I want to keep it Everything we write, going back to what we we're talking about, branding being really true to brand, is just we want to keep it light, light, and and not not it's not superficial because it's really sort of beautiful. So much of what we put in there is really meaningful and kind of makes some of it can bring tears to your eyes, but where it's really understandable and not intimidating. Um, we have a one of the things for Passover is a game. It's a drinking game called Burning Bush, because, mm-hmm. you know, Moses saw the Burning Bush, and you're supposed to take a shot of fireball when you hear the name Moses, and that's basically the entire game. But uh, fireball is not kosher for Passover because there's corn syrup in it, and it also doesn't have an OU on the bottle, <laughs> I learned. <laughs> but, you know, so someone um, who kind of who said, you know, you know, Archie, you want to take that off the, you know, do you really want fireball? But it's perfect because fireball is – um, cinnamon whiskey. So it's like a red hot. It's like, it's every college student knows what fireball whiskey is. Okay. Okay. So anyway, and, um, but I thought about it because at first I was, you know, I get jubilant myself sometimes thinking, oh no, is this, is this kosher? Is this, is this okay? Yes. Am I like going to get struck down by lightning? And then I was like, what? You know, smack myself in the forehead. I'm like, half the people, more than half the people, like I have a really big Seder. There's like 40 people who come and, most are Jewish. Some are not. <laughs> some are not. But like, I guarantee that I think like 80% of them are having English muffins for breakfast the next morning. I'm sure they are. Exactly. So like, here I am going to knock myself out about serving fireball. No, because nobody really cares. No one cares. Exactly. And we sort of chase our tails going to like the least common denominator of the, you know, three people who might care. And I, and that like, there's this Jewish thing about that. Like if one person's kosher. And so between people who are marrying people who are not um, born Jewish and Jews who are both born Jewish but feel like, oh, I don't know if there's anything in this for me, it's like saying to people, oh, my God, I'm so glad that you're here and I want you to belong. And like like hugging people instead of like on, I don't know if you remember, but on Sex in the City, they had this episode where Charlotte had to like go three times to I the I do rabbi. remember that. <laughs> and he turned her away three times and like 
That's insane. That's ridiculous. Most people, it's like you turn me away once and I'm like, go, go scurrying away. I want it to be like. Embrace it. Thank goodness you're here. I, I um, And I, everyone does their own thing. And, and I mean, for us, happy. it's really, we don't belong. Well, we do belong to a temple again. Um, it was my middle daughter's like, we need to re-belong for the holidays. Um, but, you know, we always celebrate the holidays, right. not Simca's Torah, but we do celebrate right. the major holidays with food and people and guests. And I would think that would continue generation after generation, um, regardless of if someone doesn't marry you or does. And everybody, the trick to this whole thing is everybody wants something that's going to bring meaning in their life. Like, yes, we all want to be grounded and if people who are Jewish don't find it in Judaism, they're going to find it somewhere else. They're going to find it like in CrossFit or SoulCycle or they're going to start to meditate or do yoga. Like we all need something a little bit bigger than us. Yes. At least most of us. And and when Judaism sort of doesn't lead with that and we lead with things like rules and why you might feel a little not good enough, we're every time we do that, we're like losing people who – want to belong to something and they're just going to go find something else to belong to. They're not yeah. gonna, and that is just like, oh, I think it's such a shame when that happens. So I just, when people bring people to Judaism, instead of being like, oh, you know, you're not really Jewish or, oh, you know, someone converted and like, because people still can have that attitude. And shame on them. Uh, total shame on them. I want to be like, whoa, I brought this fabulous guy. As far as I'm concerned... I added to the numbers by, you know, by Gary being Jewish, by converting Jewish. Like, I want, like, I expected, like, a, a trophy or something. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Like, it's, right. at least it's like, it's like, we have to turn that on our heads and say, thank you very much. Like, this right. is Right. We are really... all accepted for who we are. Oh, yeah. Completely. And, 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 yeah. So, so where do you see this Jubilon going? Do you want to really build it into oh, something bigger? I mean, you're really doing bigger. something that no one else is doing. I, I want to have ads on subways like um because i know you know i knew a few things about advertising you do a lot you know a lot about advertising in manhattan (laughs) so and you could really have fun with those oh my gosh i know (laughs) you know it's interesting i i'm it's one of the things about really good advertising or really sharp advertising is not to be driven by fear and i have a little um do you know this um organization called Birthright. They yes, send of you, course. They send you yes, yes, for yes, free. yes. So one of the ads that I may or may not run on the subway <laughs> is um, remember remember that unforgettable 10-day free trip to Israel? Me neither. And then at the bottom just say Jubilong. Do you know what I mean? Because it's like if I'm 35 years old and I went to a free trip to Israel when I was 18, like that's not enough. Like that's not and, – and many people are like, yeah, that's all I ever did Jewish. So that would be – going back to Jubilong, like again, if that ad, if it if it runs, is like going to – it's about getting attention. Yes, it's and resonating. It, yeah. And if it's – or there's another one, which I think is really funny, which is three cowboys leaning on a pickup truck looking kind of like cowboy-ish, you know, a little mean, mm-hmm. and it says, everyone in Texas thinks you're Jewish anyway. You know, if you run this on the Manhattan subway, right. it's right. funny, right? And then Jew belongs. So it, it, and it, you know, with a tagline that, um, you know, 
easy to follow resources or ju- our tag Jubelong's tagline is when you feel you don't. So it's Jubelong even when you feel you don't. Yeah. So it's just You should totally do that. It's funny, right? It is. It's great. I mean, I'm but I do think you know those. when you go back to like you see people that go to are just redoing what their parents did and they did they hated it then and then they're right. doing the same thing to your kids. It's like why would you redo that to your kids after you had such a miserable experience growing up? There's ways to change it. There are ways to change it. And I, and it's it's about re-educating the educators. I was lucky enough to speak to a group of um, rabbinical students recently and was exactly honest in what I what I was talking about. And they got it. Um, and they yeah, I think rabbis are amazing. And if they feel like they can be spiritual leaders, like hats off to them. But Talking to them about jubarrassment and just saying, guys, people are already jubarrassed before you even like let them yeah, know who you are. You're right. a rabbi, and they already think you're intimidating. Like that's a lot to fight against. But educating any any of our, any Jewish leaders to be like, let's just start by talking about you know jubarrassment, or we have a word called spiritual envy, and that's another word where like I think that you might be more spiritual. Like who the hell am I to judge if you're a more spiritual person than totally. me? It's whoever you are. But, right, there is that weird moment when, um, I don't know, if you're in synagogue and people are, they, you're supposed to pray silently to yourself and you're like, I don't I don't know how to do that. Like, they didn't teach me that in anywhere. And, you know, you think everyone else is doing it better. Truth is, everyone is thinking about, like, what they're going to have for lunch. Exactly. You know, and no when is the really... service over? Exactly. exactly. <laughs> and so sort of pulling the cover up above and saying, you know, let's, this is, a fabulous, very, very old tradition, and it's got really Jewish wisdom is amazing. Um, it's and, deep roots, and particularly today. I mean, the things that are going on around the globe and anti-Semitism, um, and that people don't know history in regards to the Holocaust oh, is insanely scary. It's, um, I mean, even in everything that's going on in regards to populism, it's almost like nothing's being taught in history books, and, and no one is paying attention to it. That you have to wonder. Why history repeats itself is because nobody is paying attention to what happened in history. Right. And being Jewish is, you know, we are like 0.02 or 0.002 of the population of the world. Like, we are not even a rounding error in, if you're going to write the numbers of like, right, billions and billions of people. We are nothing. There's like 14 million Jews in, I think in the entire world. Is that possible? Yeah. Anyway, it's right around that. And... It's like the United States and Israel. That's like all the Jews, basically. And um, so there is something special. Like, I really do believe this. Like, I don't, and I, I I don't mean this to sound sort of Jewish snobbery, but for such a tiny amount of people, we've contributed, like, amazing things to the world. It's part of what Judaism is about. It's education. Giving back, exactly. education. There's something about all of those kind of... Well, it is a really yeah, value. Yeah, the it's, ethos. The ethos behind Judaism is a really great ethos. It is. And it's sort of... So I sort of think, like, wow, it really would matter if Judaism just dribbled off into nothing. And yes. the numbers just got smaller. And, oh, yeah, well, that was nice. They were just a, uh, you a, know... A that, blip on the planet. A blip on the point. planet. Exactly. Exactly. Because... Um, our job is to repair the world, and there's many people who are Jewish who take that really. And there's a lot of people repairing the world. Don't get me wrong, Jewish and non-Jewish. Well, you you but, are repairing the world with Jubilong. Ah, 
<laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Which I think is fantastic. So thanks for coming on today. Oh, it was a pleasure. And Thank I'm you for looking forward me. to seeing these uh, ads on the subway. Oh my gosh. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Our thanks to Archie for joining us on the podcast. You must go over to jewbelong.com, even if you're not Jewish or if you're Jew curious. It's a great, fun, approachable resource. As always, follow us on Twitter and Instagram and subscribe on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts so you don't miss a minute of Positively Gotham Gal. See you next time.